Welcome back, everyone, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Podcast, episode 171. It's a beautiful Friday, Friday, January 14th, 2022. My mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to Dominic's mom. I know her name, yes. but I'm just not saying it. Just, <laughs> I don't know. Privacy uh, policy. Yeah, right. Privacy, I guess. <laughs> but happy birthday to Dominic's mom. Yes. Now, Dominic, um, I know you sh- you're probably celebrating right now. On this As you can tell, yes. Uh, for her birthday. But there might be some celebration for other reasons. Okay. Uh, perhaps uh, maybe an addition to the YouTube channel. Well, our YouTube channel? The very one. Hmm. And if you're listening to this and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know you guys had a YouTube channel or, oh, I'm not subscribed to that. You might want to go check. Yeah, because, go on over. Because your favorite MMA guys just got a little more dangerous. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's because we're kind of betting experts now. Oof, that's Oof. a that's a bold bold word yeah, there, cop. Yeah, do I need to do I need to put well, a disclaimer on that? Um, well, we're, well, if you recall, <laughs> you know, yesterday we are the below average betters now, guys. Yeah. Yes. So so we did start our very own betting show called the Nosebleeds. Uh, yes. We debuted it yesterday. So if you haven't checked it out, please go give it a listen. Let us know your thoughts. It is going to live exclusively on YouTube. So yes. apologies to those on our audio platforms. Yeah. Come on good. over. Yeah, but just come on. Come on over. Give Hit it a that subscribe. sub button. Yep. You know, give it, a, give, it a, give it a watch. You know, yeah. and then you can go back to listening to us on... Yeah. What, 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 you're good? You can, go back good. To, <laughs> you can go back to listening to us on your audio platforms for the podcast. You know, just... Exactly. Yeah. But Dominic, now uh, that it is celebratory times... Yeah. I'm curious how you're feeling on this very Friday... I'm feeling joy. My heart is happy, as Michael Scott once said on The Office. And, you know, again, we've already talked about it, and we've had these sobby intros and outros about how grateful we are for this show, this platform, our audience. But here I am again saying I just want to thank everyone, right, for us to well, you have feel we have that momentum and hype to branch out and continue trying new forms of content. This isn't the only thing that, you know, we're working on. It's just the most recent most immediate thing you guys are going to see change so 2022 again is the year of the joes as i keep saying uh to noah and we're really just so excited to have all you with us and all the new people coming in 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 droves in waves uh it's awesome man what a time to be a part of the joey community i'm very happy how are you feeling my friend i'm scared oh (laughs) we have 18 fights to go over yeah, we really don't have time for this small talk. But I do have to say one thing before we get into them. <laughs> okay, okay. And that is that I just want to make it clear to everybody, nothing with the podcast is changing. Correct. The only thing that's changing with the podcast is that now you'll see the betting odds on the ticker and on our headlines. Instead of doing yeah. the, you know, those cheesy-ass headlines I've been doing for a few months, that was simply a placeholder for when we would kind of unleash. The inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> Call yeah. us Thanos. I, I keep using that. I, I gotta stop. You do. I gotta stop with the MCU shit, alright? I finished my rewatch weeks ago. It's, it's in the past. It's done. Yeah. But Dominic, the gloves are coming off. Let's raw dog these fight announcements right now. Well, raw dog is fighting later, but anyway. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to be honest with you now real quick before we start going. I've never been more terrified to have a list of fights in front of me that we have to go over. Because this is four weeks in the making since we've done fight announcements. And even, so. even if we, let's say we were doing this on a weekly basis. I mean, I tried to cut out fights, man. <laughs> They're all great. There's a lot of and great I, fights. I mean, if we would have been doing weekly episodes still, if there was still weekly fights to talk about, there would have been a lot of fight announcements on each episode, probably. Yeah. I mean, they've just been yeah. cranking them out, especially post-holidays. It's just gotten nuts. But yes, in order to kind of, uh, you know, keep things the time, you know, of the essence, I'm going to go card by card. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. And we'll talk and we'll address the fights that matter that got added, and then we'll just kind of touch on what we want to talk about for each one of those. So... Let's start UFC 271. There's only one for this card, but mm-hmm. it's a big one. The the biggest of ones, I guess. Literally, yes. <laughs> yeah. February 12th, Derek Lewis, who, yes, he just won the last main event we saw in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he's already booked again, and he's still fighting backwards, Dominic. He's going up against the god of the shoeys himself, Tai Tui Basa. Dominic, I mean, these are two of the fans' favorite heavyweights going mano y mano. Someone's got to lose here. Is that the worst part of this fight? Well, not only lose, I think someone's going to (laughs) crumble onto the canvas, if I'm being honest. I'll tell you what, Noah. Before this, uh, the most shocking fight announcements I think we had discussed on this show was Casey Kenny, Dominic Cruz. This one's damn close. Gives to it a that run one. for its money for sure. Yeah. Um, and even though both guys are obviously ranked here, it was just Derek Lewis had that fight back against Chris Dawkins. Looked great, set the knockout record. Okay. He's going to get Stipe, the loser of Nganu, uh, gone in a, uh, next week. Nope. We're going to fight fan favorite Tai Tuivasa, ranked number 11, who just got back into the rankings. Two fan favorite fighters. It sucks for us as fans that somebody has to lose this fight. I think this is such a huge opportunity for Taitui Vasa. Oh, and massive. This might be straying too close to the sun. I don't know. <laughs> um, when you are when you have two guys like this who both basically depend on the power in their hands to get a yep. fight done and done early, there's only one way this fight can really go, right? Yes, unless it's Lewis versus Ngannou yeah, part one. Anyways, let's move on to February 19th. <laughs> We got two for this card that got added, Dominic. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fazai of the battle. Oh, yeah. The best Rafael in the UFC. Who's it going to be? And Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Anything stand yeah. out about either one of those to you? I mean, the the battle of Rafael's is going to be awesome. I, I think that's, you know, your seasoned veteran, former world champion, competed at two weight classes versus you know, essentially the biggest prospect, we talked about it, I guess it's two wins or last Wednesday, kind of, sort of. Uh, Rafael Fazayev, we're all super high on Noah's biggest prospect in this division for 2022. But this is a big jump, a big test. He's passed every test so far, but this one, you know, you know what Dana says about RDA, right? If you can beat him, you are a legitimate threat, a legitimate, you know, future potential in this division. Can't wait for that fight. Uh, and obviously Walker Hill is super fun, but to me, out of those two, battle of Rafael's has taken the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've seen Fazayev be tested. Bobby Green took that man to the brink. Mm-hmm. So uh, RDA may not be the guy he was when he held the lightweight title, but 
he, he ain't far from it. And I think Mm-mm. that that still rings true what Dana said. If you can beat RDA, then you can really compete with the top of the division. 100%. And based on this announcement, this happened. This announcement came after I had kind of predicted Fazayev to be the, yeah. the guy of that back crop, that 11 through 15 prospects to make the biggest jump. And so far, looking like that might be the case. Now he's got to win. But mm-hmm. what an opportunity to get right away while you got guys like Saryukin fighting Joel Alvarez, I think. So yeah. you, know, you got the prospects matched up against one another. He seems to be the one that's kind of stood out the most up to this point. Yeah, um, I, it's kind of like he got that fight against the other prospect in Rydell, passed it. Let's feed him to the Wolves here now. True, true. And Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill is a lot of fun. Jamal Hill coming off of that just mm. fantastic knockout of Jimmy Crute. Johnny Walker coming off of one of the most disappointing fights of the year, yeah. but one that he lost. So, right? right? He did lose that Yes, fight. he lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, it's hard remember. to recall. Was there I a almost, winner in that I fight? almost said he won, but um, yeah. because of that, Johnny Walker's kind of in need of something, man. He needs something. Um, he is essentially on life support right now. Not, not in, like, any sense of the, like, He's going to get cut if he loses right. or something. But, you know, he still has some intrigue to him right now. There's still some hope that this guy can really put it together and maybe reach a, the the top of the division. But I agree. If he loses again here, and it's not an easy fight, Jamal Hill showing that as, as such, maybe that's done and done from, from the rest of his career, you know. Yeah, that once high ceiling just may not be there anymore. And for Hill, the complete opposite if he can get the win. Yeah. A week later, February 26th, we got two more, a bit more underkey, a bit low-key mm-hmm. fights compared to a lot that we're talking about. Heavyweight, Jarzinho Rosenstreich going up against Marcin Tibera. Tibera getting another chance to move forward, coming off that yeah. loss to Volkov. He ends up getting a equally as, uh, I guess... Uh, equally as beneficial matchup for him, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of stakes. And then you also have Ryan Spann welcoming Jan Kudalaba, who just recently got his first ranking of his UFC career. He's now number 15 at light heavyweight. Um, Dominic, for me, I'm kind of shocked Kudalaba's a ranked fighter now. You know, he's good. Yeah. Um, he's very aggressive, obviously. Um, had some interesting moments. And he's hung around, you know, he's hung with some good fighters, but hasn't really put the wins together, I think, to make him a top 15. He goes yeah. up against Ryan Spann, who's really looking to bounce back from that pretty one-sided loss to Anthony Smith. I look for Spann to kind of dominate this matchup, but, you know, maybe Kudalava's got an ace up his sleeve. I don't know. Yeah, and personally for me, I'm liking this Rosenstroik versus Tybura matchup because, to me, that fight that Rosenstroik had against Augusto Sakai, that was the performance we needed to see from him. After two doll back-to-back losses that he had, it wasn't him going in there recklessly just knocking someone out that he started his UFC career with. He was patient. He picked his shots, but he struck when he saw the opportunities, finished that fight uh, with one second left in the first round, but he looked so good, so precise and powerful. That's the Rosenstrike that I want to see moving forward. And Tibera's that grinded out style of fighter. So two total opposites here. That's a big fight. Let's talk about UFC 272. A lot of shakeup. 
with that, the pay-per-views. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And we won't really touch on that now. We'll I maybe touch on that when we get to UFC In a second. 273. <laughs> yeah. But um, three fights added to this one. Kevin Holland making his debut at welterweight. He's been kind of rumored to do so. Yeah. Finally making the drop to go up against Alex Oliveira. An interesting That's matchup. a fun fight. Yeah. Um, Marina Rodriguez versus Jan Jalman. This is likely... Dare I say a potential number one contender fight, depending on kind of eh, especially for maybe, Marina. That might be a bit too soon, but Marina for sure. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Rose and Carla is likely next, but who knows with um, Zhang Weili and Yoana. Yeah. And, yeah. But Marina Rodriguez is a big fight for her, and obviously the biggest fight of the bunch is that main event. Uh, oh, at boy. least we're assuming it's the main event, as it's no title on the line, but the star power reigns. Supreme, and that's because Colby Covington goes up against Jorge Masvidal, the former huh. former teammates turned rivals, Dominic. Mm-hmm. So out of these three fights, uh, which one sticks out to you the most? Come on. <laughs> I mean, hey, funny enough, this one just got announced. Uh, we're recording this on, what, Wednesday night? It got announced yesterday on Tuesday. Yeah, so, off the uh, presses. Hot off the presses for us compared to all these other ones anyways. Uh, but this, this is a great fight. This is the fight to make. You know, Colby's coming off of the loss and the, the rematch to Kamaru Usman. Masvidal's on a two-fight losing streak. Both two Usman, former teammates, former friends, former roommates. No, these gentlemen lived in the same place. You and I have been roommates for years. We get that bond. So could you imagine basically us two going out and fighting? That's what we're getting here, folks. Yeah. This is the equivalent of the Battle of the Joeys, just saying. Yeah. Um, but seriously, man, <laughs> this is an amazing fight. You obviously have the insane pace and grappling and ever-improving striking of Colby Covington. Masvidal, street, ju- um, street Jesus, is that what he calls himself, right? Street yeah. Jesus. Uh, baptizing people. He's got the power. I think he's going to really come into this fight with a different hunger that we haven't seen from him in a while, looking to right the ship. He's on that tail end of his career. He knows if he wants to get back to a title fight, you got to make a statement here against Colby Covington. This is a massive fight, one of the biggest fights that's been booked so far uh, for 2022. This fight has to answer any and all questions that are or have been had over the last few months as far as maybe it was Jorge star power dwindling a little bit. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, no. yes, Colby Covington, I think, has proven that he's – you know, there's something to his stick. You know, there's there's some value to it, I think, especially if you get him in the right matchup. I think him and Usman did pretty good business together. And, um, you know, you get this matchup. There's the stories already put into place. The, like you said, <laughs> roommates turn yeah. rivals. The teammates turn rivals. And um, as far as the matchup itself goes, I think most people assume that Colby Covington is just going to steamroll Jorge Masvidal. and. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand where this kind of notion came in that Jorge Masvidal is like not actually good. Right. I mean, right. I mean, I understand that his uh, explosion into the mainstream, into the the star he is now, came with wins over guys like Ben Askren and, well, I guess Darren Till and, uh, and Nate, Nate Diaz, yeah. and you know maybe those wins haven't aged the best. I guess I don't. I still think they're phenomenal wins in the fashion that they happened. Yes. But um, he was doing this before that, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. not necessarily not, you know, not in the same fashion. But, you know, I look back to even a loss. Like, he had a fight against Damian Maia back at, like, UFC 211. Yeah. And he nearly won that fight. 
And Damian Maya like had his back at multiple points for extended periods, and he fought off every submission attempt. I mean, how who does that to a guy like Damian Maya? So no one. I will say Colby Covington is a tough matchup. You know, you saw Usman, Usman and Colby kind of they're not the same type of fighter, but both wrestling heavy at least. Mm-hmm. In there, I guess, you know, Usman's kind of become more well-rounded. But Colby definitely going to lean on that wrestling and also the pace that he puts on. But Masvidal's yeah. always been great with his conditioning. That won't be a problem. But um, if he can stay off his back, man, I mean, the striking matchup's interesting. Cause Colby, it is. Colby nearly got put away a couple times in that last Usman fight. Could really see that. You know, Masvidal's got... I would like to think has a little bit more power than Usman. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. But um, it's a phenomenal fight. I can't say anything about it. You know, I was wondering if the UFC would really commit to putting this in a main event slot. You know, it felt like Masvidal just, he's only fought twice in the last, what, a year and a half. And both yeah. were title fights to Usman. One was a really boring fight that he did step up and take on a week's notice, but then didn't fight again until he got a rematch yeah. uh, months later. And yeah. he got knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if maybe his star power had already reached its peak. And while maybe it still has, this is the biggest fight you can make that's not involving Conor McGregor for a title. Yeah, and Dominic, we may not be done with this card. I'd be, I think, a rumor on the street, Dominic. Uh, dude, dude, they they got to do Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz in the co-main event, right? Dude, do you know how bad ass that would be? Because they they would make it five rounds as a co-main event, obviously. But like to have two huge non-title fights like that, that fans are salivating at the mouth to see, that is a very very smart business move, a miss, in my opinion, if the UFC does not capitalize on that main event, co-main event combination. Oh my gosh, if they do that, woo, sign Come me on, up. Come on, boys, put the politics aside, let the but man You gotta fight. do it. Who cares if he goes and boxes Jake Paul after? Just <laughs> fucking give yeah. us the fight, damn it. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get the pay-per-views on this one, don't worry, so yeah. So now we're gonna shift gears. Oh, shit. And, uh, we're gonna I forgot this was a... on here. <laughs> We're going to move into a different promotion. That being Eagle FC, Dominic, I think the fans have forgotten a little bit. I think our, our audience has forgotten our relationship with Eagle FC because it's kind of 180, depending on the episodes you've listened to. Yeah, it's about to do it again. We, we started with the announcement of uh, Tyrone Spong versus uh, Bigfoot Silva. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Questioned yep. if Habib was even worthy of being in, in his position. Right. Not exactly. It's a little dramatic. But we definitely were questioning, you know, what kind of promoter he was going to be. Then Bigfoot Silva falls out. Uh, they were, I forget who they replaced him with now, but it was a good fight. A better, a much better. Evenly matched. Much more evenly matched. I think it was Sergey Karatonov. Maybe. Yeah, another good boxer, uh, combat fighter. Yeah. Anyways, we got, then we're like, you know what? And they signed Kevin Lee, yes, adding a 165-pound division. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know what? AFC might be the best company in the world. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're making good use of that 165-pound division, Dom, because they are letting Kevin Lee make his debut against 
the season one winner of the ultimate fighter, the OG Diego, the nightmare Sanchez. That's right. <laughs> I said Diego, the nightmare Sanchez. This can't actually <laughs> happen, right? There's no way it's going to happen. It can't happen. Uh, it's booked. Like they think it's going to happen. Florida, the, if there's ever a time to step up. I know that we're like kind of taking a jokey slant here, but all jokes aside, is Diego even happen. out of the hospital? He literally was in hospital for COVID I, and like ammonia for well, he had blood 45 clots. days. Yeah. Um, if he's, he's out, it's just recently. Like before he got out and then they signed this fight. And this fight is booked, by the way, for March... March 11th. 11th. Yeah. Florida, what's, come on. So, Dominic, what's going on here? Because... I don't like we, this. We, we, I can't tell what to think of Eagle FC. I don't know what to think. They, 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 they take two steps forward, and then they take 27 steps back. I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, this is weird to me, man. Uh, I don't understand the... Uh, want like who wants to see this no one I've not seen one positive thing uh, about this as excited as we were Kevin Lee a fresh start Eagle FC Habib you know he's like friends with Habib all of a sudden who was his biggest rival and he always wanted to fight him they start the 165 pound division who Kevin Lee has been the uh, biggest advocate for for years and, and Habib so it's a perfect tandem then you're telling me you're going to make his debut fight against Diego Sanchez uh, is he 40 He's got to be 40 or older by now at this point. He's been losing fights left and right. He's literally been in a severe state of illness in the hospital for almost two full months. And he just got out recently, like at the end of 2021. And we're going to book him for a fight in three months against a still in his prime fighter in Kevin Lee. Uh, and especially at 165 pounds, where we've never seen Kevin Lee fight before, but you would imagine it's got to be that sweet spot for him. I, I, I don't like this at all. It's not a good look. It's not a good move. I know there's not like a ton of 165-pound fighters out there, but there are a ton that would be willing to either cut an extra five pounds or gain an extra 10 and step in for a huge opportunity against Kevin Lee here in America uh, when Eagle FC coming over for their shows. There, there's got to be another way. I mean, Diego Sanchez, even if you go before the COVID, less than a year ago, he was being cut by the UFC because of his, quite frankly, strange and um, strange behavior and his uh, snake oil salesman of a coach, Joshua Favia, who wasn't much of a coach and I, everything looks so dim then. Yes, it's. I'm happy Diego kind of was able to get out of that what seemed like yes. toxic relationship, but did he find himself hospitalized with very serious illness and does not handle it very well, blood clots, uh, mm -hmm. apparently very bad. And now he's signed to fight Kevin Lee, who despite even I think the, the biggest detractors of Kevin Lee would still say he's a UFC caliber talent. I mean, yes, 100%. A top UFC caliber talent. The best you can say about Diego Sanchez is maybe the fight with Cerrone would have been fun. Yeah, that, that was true. That's what was rumored And Diego Sanchez is, of course, a legend. The guy, as I just said, the season one, yeah. the very first 
winner of the Ultimate Fighter. He fought for the title back then against BJ Penn. He's had some. He has given everything to the sport. Everything. And yeah. he deserves like literally a, put a statue of that man outside of the apex or something. Yeah. This is not doing him any favors. No. Someone it's needs to protect him from himself. State of Florida, once again, they're clowns. They are clowns. Whoever is approving these fights to the commission, they are uh, – it's a clown show. And, I, I mean, uh, the, ru- the rumor was that that's how Bigfoot Silva got taken off the card, was that they were like, he's in no yeah. shape to compete. If well, you're doing that for that fight, you need to do it for this. I mean, one. what shape was Bigfoot Silva in that he could, he wasn't cleared? Yeah. If that's the case, I don't know. It's it's. I want to be on board with Eagle FC, and then they do this, and like this makes me not want to watch this card like at all. Yeah. I I hope again we're two months out. Hopefully something comes along. Florida will step in, call this off, and I still don't get me wrong. I want to see Kevin Lee fight. I want to see how he does with Eagle FC. I want to see the performance at 165 pounds in his perfect spot but this right here if he were to go out and just dismantle diego sanchez that tells me nothing that gives me nothing about how high he could still climb in the prime of his career it it just makes me sad yeah and and on the on the flip end i i hope in the next couple months that find something else for diego sanchez to do but i mean just give give the this guy's given so much, and I'm tired of people taking advantage of this kid. I mean, our yeah. kid, like he's older than me. <laughs> I'm tired of people taking advantage of him. It's been his – this poor guy feels like he just can't get out of – like he's, he's – I don't know if he's a little um, easily led astray or whatever, but it seems like whether it's the fact that he's taken a lot of dangerous fights over the years and putting his body through hell and for these checks that – you know, was, what, who knows? Maybe he wasn't making the best money. I don't know. To now, he's being booked with a, a, a fight that's essentially he's being put in there to get destroyed. Yeah. I just it makes me sad. It There's does. really not one checkbox that you can justify to me for this fight uh, to make no. sense. There's not nope. one. No, nope, I'm not giving it any more time. I'm moving on. Uh, the next night. Oh, I'm about UFC. to get excited. I have a couple. Um, you already couple know, Noah. Added to that card, Marlon Moraes versus Song Yudong, and Sadiq Yusuf versus Alex Caceres. Dominic, I can already tell which fight you're going to talk about. Super Sadiq is back. Are you excited? Oh man, it's been a long time coming since my man Sadiq Yusuf has been in the octagon. I like the time away. I'll be curious to see the improvements he's made, the physique he's still in. Uh, I love this guy. I still think he has huge upside in this awesome featherweight division. Alex Caceres just earned his way back into the rankings at number 15, a career resurgence like we've, well, really, we've been seeing a few recently, but Alex Caceres <laughs> is right there in it now. He's really shown an ever-improving skill set, even after all the fights he's been in. Uh, not an easy fight by any means for Yusuf, but you've got the newer up-and-comer, the seasoned veteran who's still relatively young and making one last push. I love everything about that fight, truthfully. I do. Yeah, for Marlon Marais, this has got to be the one last chance, right? Yeah, this is a big one. And Mar- and to go up against Song Yudong, I mean, that's whew, it's a dangerous opponent. It's a very dangerous opponent. And, you know, maybe it is. I think it is the kind of 
if Marlon Marais is going to remain in the UFC, this is kind of the proper next fight for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I would say, I mean, maybe you could justify having him fight outside the top 15, but he's still ranked, and it's just like, I don't know. I think Song Yadong is a dangerous opponent, but still someone who's really come, you know, developing that skill set. He's vulnerable. Really yeah. Come, he's really trying to figure out kind of who he is as a fighter, coming into his own. He's still so young. I think he's 23. That's yeah. crazy. He's younger than us. <laughs> yeah. So for Marlon Marais, you know, he he looked so good early against Marab. But then as time and time again has been the case with Marlon Marais, you get out of that. He might be the best first-round fighter in the entire company, even still. Yeah. But you go outside that first round and he he's in trouble. is in trouble. <laughs> That fight with Marab, by the way, just shout out again because mm-hmm. it was insane. Anyway. Two weeks later, Dominic, March 26. Oh, wait, where's this event? Tell this him. This is an interesting one in CBUS OH. IO. IO. Columbus, it's official. We will be in attendance. It is you official know. now. Yep. That's more true. detail. Well, oof, wait a minute. Knock. Yes, <laughs> let's knock. Everybody knock if you're watching yeah. right now. Um, but we got a couple of good fights added to this card, Dominic. Asgar Askarov going up against Kai Car mm-hmm. France. Likely some sort of a title eliminator there, I would like to think. Yeah. And then Joanne Wood and Alexa Grasso, who we hadn't seen, who would be over a year at this point, will uh, clash. So, Dominic, I think the big standout for me, a chance at redemption. For not That's right. Just, it's, a, it's a storybook right here. For not just Joanne Wood, who's coming off a you know a loss or two in her last couple, but also for my co-host Dominic Salee. Yes. If you guys are longtime listeners, you might know UFC 203. The last time me and Dominic were in attendance at a UFC event, one Joanne Calderwood at the time mm-hmm. opened that pay-per-view against a young whippersnapper named Jessica Andrade. Yeah, and Dominic said he he was all about Joanne Calderwood and said the uh, infamous yeah, words said she's never been taken down in her career, and I think twenty seconds later she was taken down twice, and I contemplated my entire existence. <laughs> so this is a chance at redemption for Joanne Wood in the state of Ohio and for Dominic. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think she has to worry about Alexa Grasso taking her down, but. Alexa Grasso, even though it's been a year, she looked damn good against Macy Barber, and um, she seems poised to kind of make a push into the top of the division. Yeah, guys, for what it's worth here, you know, Joanne Wood coming off of that TKO loss to Taylor Santos, who's not really necessarily known for her striking. I mean, she's a super well-rounded fighter, don't get me wrong, but Joanne had the striking advantage, we at least thought, going into that fight. Here, Alexa Grasso, Noah, she's known for one thing, and it's her crisp, technical boxing so very much excited for that one and Askar Askarov Kaikar France a potential number one contender fight as you mentioned at flyweight it could be really dull it could be super damn fun and exciting uh, but for Kai he's coming off the biggest win of his career against Cody Garbrandt Askar Askarov a bit of a layoff here uh, coming off the win against Joseph Benavidez one in which he dominated for three straight rounds big test for Kai uh, but if he wins I think he is right there for a title and for Askar He's been there in the weights for a title, but he's had the weight misses. He's had the inactivity. So this is a big fight for him that really he has to win. 
Yeah, for Kaikar France, I mean, he's just got to stay off his back. He, he cannot yeah. let himself get taken down. And Askar Askarov, the best wrestler in this division, Kaikar France, I'm hoping to see some improvement in that takedown defense or else it could be a long night. That's true. UFC 273, this is where things get interesting. A lot of shakeup. Yeah. Yes. Uh, both title fights that we're about to talk about were originally UFC 272 and then literally 48. This was all within the last week, by the way. Within 24 hours, we lost one of our two in the main event. Yep. Um, there was a replacement, and then both fights got moved to the next month's pay-per-view. So just yep. a lot going on. But a few fights to talk about. So we got Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. This one came Oh, out, shit. This one I didn't even – I forgot today. about this. Um, Irene Aldana versus Aspen Ladd. So yep. Aspen Ladd going back to Bantamweight. Mm-hmm. And then the UFC Bantamweight title will finally be decided, we hope, as Aljamain Sterling looks to defend against the interim champion, Pewter Jan, and the main event, men's featherweight title, Alexander Volkanovsky, will not defend against Max Holloway. He is unfortunately out. But in steps, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean oh. zombie. Um, Dominic, we, we, our fears came true we talked about this on Wednesday's episode. Yep. And sure enough, uh, before the episode posted, yeah. they had announced who would be in that fight. So, Dominic, we got two title fights, a couple others here that are definitely worth talking about. But um, I guess if I want to start any sort of discussion about these fights, I would just simply ask, did the UFC make the right call in Chan Sung Jung? And out of these two title fights, which one maybe is more exciting to you right now? Yeah, no, for me, uh, it's got to be the featherweight title bout here. Alexander Volkanovsky, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. Uh, I don't think they steered in the wrong direction, per se. Uh, you know, again, zombies coming off that win against Dan Ige in a performance that he, he flipped a switch, right? He, he showcased skills that we weren't used to seeing. We're so used to zombie being in these firefights, hence the name Korean Zombie, where he just never backs down. He keeps pressing forward. In that one, he was very strategic, technical. Uh, again, used a lot of that grappling to get a five-round decision win. But to me, that shows a lot because to beat Alexander Volkanovsky, you have to be damn near perfect. You really do. So for uh, Chan Sung Jung to have that performance says a lot to me coming into this title fight here in a few months. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily, again, the wrong move because you look at the rest of this division. You've got Max, who's injured, right? Ortega just lost to Volk. Yair just lost to Holloway. You do have Josh Emmett. He's on that four-fight win streak uh, coming off that most recent win, also against Dan Ige. But I think that long layoff in the injury really played a factor in him not being an option potentially here for the UFC. And then you could have the potential winner of the fight we're going to preview later in this show, Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze. And, you know, especially for Giga, because if he were to win against Cater, he would be 8-0 in the UFC, tons of momentum. But nevertheless, uh, I think Zombie was the right call here if it wasn't Henry Cejudo, which if you listened on Wednesday, you said, or you know that that was the one I was uh, um, working towards. But I do like this fight. I think it's very enticing. The matchup itself stylistically intrigues me very much. Yeah, I this is the the one that I thought should have been the fight. I thought Korean zombie was the appropriate option. I, I understand anybody who out there who would say, well, if Giga Chikadze dominates Saturday, mm -hmm. 
he should be next. And yeah. I would agree with you, but it seems like the UFC really wanted to get this fight done, just get it they made. They did, and, yeah. And because of that, you either take the risk and kind of be, make it like, okay, whoever wins gets it, but mm-hmm. then you're risking the winner. Potentially it's a war, and then there's an injury, layoff. And yeah. uh, if Calvin Cater wins, you know, no disrespect to Calvin Cater, but is he really a guy that you would put in that position after the loss to Max Holloway a year ago? I think that's still on everybody's brains mm-hmm. so much. So because of that, I thought once you weighed all those factors, just go with the Korean Zombie. And yeah. that's who they went with. I think it's an intriguing matchup in some ways. I don't necessarily think that the Korean zombie is going to win this fight, but I do think that he can almost like in the way Ortega did. And that ended up being my personal fight of the year force Volkanovsky kind of out of his comfort zone, at least mm-hmm. at moments in the fight, you know, even if Volkanovsky beats down Korean zombie really dissects him kind of like yeah. he did the Ortega. Who's to say that, you know, he, I think Zombie could force at least at moments in this fight, at rounds in this fight. But Volkanovski would have to battle back from some adversity. And that's what I'd just like to see. Volkanovski is yeah. one of the most complete talents, but his fights are maybe his fights are just much better when he's not allowed to coast to a victory. I mean, that's, yeah. he's so talented, he can do that a lot of times. But um, I definitely think that that's a great matchup. And I still think, though, that... The co-main event is probably the title fight I'm just more excited for. And I people might be surprised by that because it seems like everybody's kind of ruling this like a foregone conclusion. I mean, yeah, yeah. Considering the way the first fight went, how even though Sterling started out strong, Jan pretty much dominated most of the fight and then threw a dumb illegal knee and got himself DQ'd. But yeah, it just seems like, okay, they'll run it back and Jan will clearly win and I'm sure that that's, I mean, I, in my head, I see, I literally on Wednesday, the fight I said I would book in 2022 for this, if I could book one fight, it was Peter Yan versus TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight title. Yeah. Um, Peter Yan doesn't have the Bantamweight title. So how could I do that? Right. So I, I'll be curious to see if Sterling can like show anything. Could he win? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. the fuck? What would the, I mean, not that he's like some huge underdog, you know. Aljamain Sterling is this guy would beat Corey Sandhagen back at UFC 250, you know. This yeah, guy and was, easy, you know. Guy's a legit talent. A lot of people thought he was going to beat Peter Yan, including yourself, I believe. Yep. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to show more than he did in the first fight. I'm just curious to see how it goes. Will it be similar? Will it be closer? Will Yan get him out of there early? I think that this fight is pretty massive for the future of the division. Yes, that is 100% accurate. And the last one here, Lauren Murphy welcoming Misha Tate to the women's flyweight division. This is interesting. (laughs) And uh, I guess that's all for the fight announcements. Did you want to talk about it? (laughs) No, I mean, um, I knew that Misha had hinted at it, you know, but I wasn't expecting it to be (coughs) now. Um, but you know, I guess if you're going to welcome her, why not give her someone who literally just fought Valentina for a title as your first attempt? I mean, I would imagine she makes the weight pretty good. She's not a huge Bantam weight. Um, she's kind of said she doesn't like the idea of leaving a division on a loss, but here we are. So I will be curious to see how she performs. 
uh, at that weight class, something we haven't seen. So just a little bit of intrigue there on my end. I'm having a hard time even getting all that excited for this fight, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'll definitely be watching May 14th. And uh, poor Lord, both these women have kind of, <laughs> I've kind of given them both a hard time as of late. But it's just, anyways, let's move on to 1FC. It uh, lives. The fight announcements are not done, but I felt like this one just needed to be moved over. The canceled 1X has been reborn. This was the event that was supposed to cap off 2021, 1FC's 10th anniversary card. Okay, you can stop with the hands now. I'm just thinking of Degeneration <laughs> X the whole time. <laughs> Did you see that clip of Ben Roethlisberger going around when he was like... I did. Well, I think you and I both. I don't know if you said you... I just didn't remember that ever happening, so it was quite incredible. I had no memory of it, but I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Oh, yeah. I needed it injected into my veins. Rocking a Johnny Cash t-shirt. Hilarious. Anyway. Anyways. 1FC. 1FC. So uh, they, they had canceled the fight at the end of the year. COVID protocols not really lining up with what they kind of wanted to do for that card. Well, here it is. It's happening on the same day that we'll be in Columbus, Dominic, on March 26th. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so um, we'll see how it goes in terms of us watching the card live. We'll play it through the car speakers. Somehow this card is even better than the one that got canceled. Um, We now have three title fights and a massive main event, so I'm just going to go from the bottom to the top. Bantamweight title, Bibiano Fernandez defending against John Lineker. The flyweight title, Adriano Marais. I'm excited to see him back in action. Yeah. Up against Yuya Wakamatsu. The women's Atomweight title. We just talked about a potential Atomweight division being brought into the UFC. Here's a chance for us to look at some of the talent at the top of the mm-hmm. Atomweight division. Angela Lee looking to defend against Stamp Fairtex. And the special rules MMA slash Muay Thai fight between Demetrius Johnson versus Roteng. So Dominic, the four fights I just said. Obviously, you know, we don't know a ton about some of these fighters, but, you know, assuming this event actually comes to fruition, you know, what's your kind of excitement level and maybe which fights specifically are heightening or lowering that excitement well obviously that special rules fight is super unique something we've never really seen before at least you know to us domestically um so that's awesome you know demetrius johnson one of the best mixed martial artists ever going up against rotang who is one of the best mixed martial artists ever well well, just maybe uh, sorry not to cut you off but maybe we maybe i should rephrase the discussion here i mean you might be answering it as you're talking but are you on board with doing a, a fight like this to special rules? You know, it's MMA, but it's also Muay Thai. It's not, you know, it's it's a bit of a, a freak show fight in a way, but maybe it's also just a high-class combat sports fight. Like, we don't really know. Are you on board with it? I am. I am, man. I'm super intrigued <laughs> to see how this plays out. Again, it's something that we don't really see over here in the domestic MMA organizations. Uh, so I think that's super exciting. Again, one of the best MMA talents ever, one of the best Muay Thai talents ever. One round is one way, one round another. Is it four rounds total, right? So they get two of each rule set. Uh, So that's super exciting. But also, for what it's worth, 
Angela Lee is someone that I hear about all the time, especially when the atom weight division gets passed around. For those that follow Anatomy of a Fighter, he does great documentary productions on YouTube. He's doing a series with her right now where he kind of follows a day in the life type deal. Uh, so this is someone that I've, I'm starting to like catch on to and keep an eye on because even when I was with Overtime Heroics, I would constantly hear about her and articles being written and interviews being sent out. Uh, so being able to kind of watch her at this big event and defend her title once more, that uh, is really exciting to me. Yeah, the main event, I'm on board with it. If this was the UFC doing something like this, I don't know if I would be as into it. But since one has done such a great job of um, kind of mixing and matching on their cards, you know, they, it's not all MMA. Sometimes you do have Muay Thai fights and kickboxing fights. And I don't know. I think it freshens up cards sometimes when you have those different rule sets brought in. And now that you have this kind of freak show, this Frankenstein's monster of a of a of a clash, but yet you have two of the most technically gifted mm -hmm. fighters of their respective uh, brand of uh, combat sports, and it, it this might end up being like a fight for the ages. Dominic. Yes, I mean Demetrius Johnson versus Rotang. I mean it's two of the best to ever do it, and. You know, this is the kind of fight that I just love to see for Demetrius Johnson. I know some people, the ones that are a little more pessimistic on it, aren't very happy that this is kind of how he's being used. But, you know, he lost to Adriana Moraes, got knocked out by him. And I think mm -hmm. that simply throwing him back into another title opportunity or, you know, another high-profiled uh, but ultimately underwhelming title eliminator, I don't know if it really does him to serve. I mean, they paid a lot of money to get him over there. Yeah. Fights like this are going to pay off, I think. Yeah, and, this is a huge fight for him. But also, for what it's worth, Adriana Moraes being on this card and defending, I'm very excited. It's a shame that we have not seen him since he knocked out I know. Johnson. That's, yeah. man, you got to capitalize on that kind of that kind of shit. You know? Well, I remember when that happened that night, MMA was just, <clears throat> or MMA. Well, yeah, the sport of MMA, but Twitter and everything was just on fire. People were stunned, shocked. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, Demetrius Johnson just lost his belt. Oh my gosh, he just got knocked out cold. So uh, yeah, that is that fight's been a long time ago since that happened. Was that was March, on TNT Network too. Yeah. yeah, so man, they needed to capitalize on it. I know stuff's been going on over there too uh, in that Asian market with COVID and everything, but I hope this event successfully comes about. This is going to be a big deal for one. Mm -hmm. Now let's move on into UFC Vegas 46. Say it we ain't so. Few, we got a few fights to talk about here. Um, obviously, you're going to see the odds on the screen now, but just a reminder, go check out the nosebleeds if you want more of that betting discussion. Mm -hmm. We're starting with the main event, Calvin Cater, Giga Chicken. I did say it right. Yes. Giga. Giga. Damn it. I... <laughs> One day we're going to get it. Until then, all of Giga's fans are going to be in our comments just roasting us. It's Calvin fun. Cater versus Giga Chikadze. There you go. Um, so, Dominic... I said this in the nosebleeds, but I think it's a great sentiment. Whether you're evaluating this fight by looking at the odds or by the public opinion going in, very clear that people think this is a no-brainer, Giga Chikadze victory. Yeah. So much so that people thought they should hold off on booking Volkanovski Korean Zombie because Chikadze wins, he's 8-0. But... 
I think that just shows, Dominic, that you're really only as good as your last fight because Calvin Cater, outside of that loss, and I get it, the, how high profile it was, the first card on ABC and in a main event slot with a former champion. Yeah. And Max Holloway, and you get beat down 50-42, 50-43. That's a tough, I mean, that is a hard pill to swallow. But outside of that, he has looked fantastic in the UFC his whole career. Remember Jeremy Stevens, the very first card, UFC 249 in the COVID era? The elbows when he, like, knocked oh, yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. He knocked that's out true. Jeremy Stevens with a fucking elbow. I mean, just yeah. nasty stuff. This dude is a killer. And that one fight is just, like, put the stigma on him as if he's some sort of scrub. And I am not here for it. Yeah. So, Dominic, I'm curious if you kind of – does your thoughts on the matchup sort of align with mine and maybe just go in more to kind of where Cater sort of excels in this matchup? Where can he really find a route to victory here? Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. And, again, as we kind of stated on the nosebleeds, plus 200, uh, two-to-one underdog, it is surprising but not at the same time, kind of toward the sentiment that Noah made. But for Cater, he is a savage man. He's – He's prone to going to war and being able to last. This dude does not get finished, people. He's either going to go out there and bring it to you or he's going to die trying to, you know, if you're beating him. And, you know, this is one where it's Giga's been tested his past two fights, his two biggest tests, because he started his UFC career four wins, but they were decisions. There was a split sprinkled in there. Mm -hmm. But since he's on three straight, KOTKO victories, including Cub Swanson, including Edson Barboza. However, and you because know, Barboza is a great striker. That was a fantastic matchup, main event-wise, between Chikadze and Barboza going in. Calvin is a completely different striker than anyone that uh, Giga has faced thus far, being that he is a primarily dominant boxer, and he's as crisp and technical as they come. And don't get me wrong, Chikadze is a matchup that Cater truthfully hasn't really seen. I mean, he got a you know a, a glimpse of it against Max Holloway, but not as heavy with the kicks and the way in which he moves. You know, Holloway and Chikadze move completely differently uh, in the terms of their striking. So, I think this is going to be a very closely contested bout. I don't foresee a finish coming. I think we're going to have a back and forth technical. I'm going to say a technical brawl, Noah, because I think Cater is going to have to make it a little bit ugly. I think he's going to have to make Chikadze uncomfortable and force him to make mistakes in order to land the um, the big shots that he needs to potentially get that win. But I think this is a phenomenal first main event of the year. It's a striking delight. Uh, but yeah, Cater is a dog, and he cannot be counted out in this one simply due to his last fight and Chikadze's momentum. You can't overlook him. Yeah, and I think Chikadze's momentum is worth noting because yes. I mean, the win over Barboza and even the win over Cub Swanson doesn't get more impressive than that. But I just want to the, – that doesn't paint the full picture of Chikadze's UFC career. Yeah. It's not been all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, yes, he hasn't lost – but he's kind of squeaked by a couple of unremarkable opponents. Even his contender series appearance, he squeaked by. He didn't get a contract. So yeah, that's so. true. So while he maybe that's just a sign that, well, he's just a vastly improved fighter since then, and that might be true, but maybe Cater can expose that whatever flaw, 
whatever was kind of holding back Chikadze from really making that jump into being one of the top fighters in the world, it doesn't mean that he necessarily has just gotten that much better that he cover all that up. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just doing such a good job of avoiding or hiding those flaws that prevented him in the first place. Maybe Calvin Cater could be the one to kind of expose that again. Um, it's it's really it's really going to be an interesting fight because like you're pretty dead set on like I don't see this fight getting a finish, and both these guys are such good finishers though. At this I know point that it's like you know, but neither guy necessarily. I mean, look at what Cater went through against Max Holloway. Yeah, never got finished. Yeah. Now is that a sign that he took such a beating that now he ain't going to be able to take the punishment? True. It could be a case, but I don't necessarily see that being what's going to happen here. I think Cater had done a pretty good job through most of his career before that. Of yes, he's had some wars. You know, the fight with Shane Burgos back in the day was was a really fun back and forth. But he hasn't necessarily taken like a ton of damage in his career. Yeah. Besides that fight, and that fight's a career's worth of damage. But uh, of course, you know, he's had some pretty flawless performances of his own. So. I look to see who takes the center of the octagon more mm-hmm. often than the other because aggression has kind of been a key for both guys. Cater yes. likes to get in your face, likes to get in the pocket. Like you said, use that um, – what, what's the, the boxing? What are they called out there? The, the, the new – Oh, the New England cartel? The New England cartel. He loves yeah. to get in the pocket. And yeah, really his combinations, to, man. Force you on your, you know, on your bike, if you will. Chikadze also uses his aggression, but it's so he can keep throwing those kicks at the body, at the liver. Mm-hmm. Which guy's going to really get, move forward more often than not? Is Cater going to be a little hesitant after the beating he took? Is Chikadze, being that he is a, really on the precipice of a title shot, is he going to be maybe a little funny, looking a little funny in the light, you know? So yeah. Um, it's a damn good main event, though, with a damn good poster to line up for it. Amen. Um, the fight that I want to focus on next here, Brandon Roy Val versus Rogerio Bontaran. This is a fight that's going to go under the radar for a lot of people. But it time, is. And if you are someone that's been listening to this show. <laughs> you know. For, you know that I am. Brand, we are both Brandon Roy Val, Raw Dog, Ride or Dies. Yes. He's two and two in the UFC, but all four fights, none of them go into the judges' scorecards, and he has had moments in all of them. Yes, including the two where he won, of course. <laughs> yeah, and here against Bontarin. Bontarin is um, a good fighter. He's kind of been on a streak of just tough performances as of late, or just tough, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. He missed weight in his last fight at bantamweight. Yeah, that's something to keep an eye on, for sure. Before that, at UFC 259, he was matched up with Kai Car France, a fight he dominated the entire first round. It looked like it was going to be a 10-8. Yep. And then in the last, like, 30 seconds, it just gets put out cold. Kai Car France, France is deadly, man. <laughs> yeah, so Bontran's looking to really try to, you know, get things back on track. But this is a tough fighter to do that against, you know? Yeah. Bontran seems like the guy that likes to try to keep things calm in the cage, likes to, you know, kind of let the – he likes to really keep things at his pace. But he doesn't do very well when things get a little dicey, when things yeah. go 
when something unexpected happens, he's, he kind of overreacts. And Brandon Roy Val is all about kind of being fluid inside the octagon and, you know, being a bit of a wild man. And I think that's going to be to his benefit here. And um, Brandon Roy Val with the win here right back in the top of things and for Bonter and a chance to get the biggest win of his career. Yeah, this, this fight's interesting, man. I mean, first and foremost, you know how I am about the finishes on here. And being that we haven't had a preview in four weeks, I got to just point out right here, right now, these guys have 29 combined wins. 25 of them have came via finish. Wow. You would like to think someone is going to get finished in this fight. What's interesting to me is that Roy Val, submission specialist, Bonterin, submission specialist, but they're always in these super fun fights at the same time. So Roy Val is definitely more willing to make it ugly, make it gutsy. Uh, and on the feet, you'd probably have to lean toward Roy Val as well, even though he's shown vulnerability, but so has Bontrand, hence the knockout from Kaikar France. So the way that this fight is going to inevitably get to the ground is what really gets me excited because mm -hmm. it's, it might be a wild flurry. We might see some awesome transitionings where someone has the other's back. They slip out the back door, then they take the back. Uh, I think this is going to be a super fun fight. We love the flyweights. We love Raw Dog Roy Val. This is a fight that is going to fly under the radar, as Noah said, but it is so deserving of it. Uh, it is the featured bout as of now, barring any changes to the card, uh, and they deserve such a spot. This is Keep your eyes on this fight, and, and yeah. don't blink, trust me. And I think to touch on, that's a really good point about the submission styles of these two, yeah. because you wouldn't think that they share that trait that they're both submission specialists, but I think that's <laughs> I because I think Roy Val tends to hurt his opponents on the feet yep. and finishes them on the ground. While I think with Bonturin, he uses his strength, being that he's a bigger flyweight, to sort of muscle guys to the ground. Yeah, where he uses the grappling. Yep, and then submits them from there. So an interesting battle because, you know, I could see Bonturin being able to do that to Roy Val. You know, Roy Val's a mm -hmm. real thin. You know, a smaller long, frame, yeah. While Bonturin's a bit more stocky, a mm -hmm. little bit more compact, and um, it's going to be a fun one. I, I really look forward to this fight. Oh yes. And let's get into the rest. Only a couple more. We're we're losing fights left and right, Dom. But I know a couple more to talk about: Caitlin Chukagian and Jennifer Maya. The rematch that nobody asked for, but we're getting anyways. <laughs> No, that's not to say that this fight doesn't have merit, doesn't have um, anything interesting about it. It's just, the, you know, these are two women that both lost very one-sided fashion to the champ, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Both have really struggled to kind of, I don't know, carve their, like, really make themselves kind of a, a player. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're here. Like, Caitlin Chukagian is kind of, right now, like, a level it's it's basically the the, the hierarchy you got valentina <laughs> yep then you go down like five steps and you got maybe Jessica 10 drudge <laughs> yeah yeah go down a couple more steps caitlin chukagian go down yeah. a couple more steps you got a bunch of other people in there so yeah <laughs> good um, description <laughs> no disrespect and then we got a lot of really exciting prospects on the way up but yeah basically my point is is that with these two, they had their moment in the sun where they, you know, were in a title fight. But now it's kind of like back to reality. It's there. There's not a lot of high-profile bouts for them, and they're here. They are matched up against one another again. Shukagian won the last fight. 
How many more does Chukagian have to win, Dom, before the UFC is kind of forced to maybe give her another shot at Valentina, even though nobody's really calling for it? Yeah, well, that's what's crazy, too. She's so active, by the way, which I do respect so much from Caitlin Chukagian. She, you know, she, she talked about retiring, I think, back when she lost to Andrade. And yeah, I mean, she she loses that fight to Valentina, right, for the belt. I, I, I think she had a win in there against Antonina Shevchenko mm-hmm. right after that, but then she loses Jessica Andrade. But now she's tallied off two more in a row. If she wins this, it'd be three in a row. She's already number two. I mean, shit, what are we going to do? She she might earn her way back into a title fight. Uh, again, as Noah mentioned, we're not far removed from the first time this fight happened. It was November of 2019. It's just a little over two years ago. Uh, both have had a decent amount of fights since. But in terms of the growth, there's not been much from either. But... Caitlin Chikagian has showed me more. She has impressed me more. You know, even in these last two performances, I know she gets a ton of decisions. We talked about that on the nosebleeds. Um, but recently she's shown a willingness to improve her striking with the teep kicks to the body. And, you know, she just looks cleaner and more, tech, um, you know, crisp. And she still has that background in the wrestling and grappling that she can fall back on, on top of her five foot nine frame, a 68 inch reach. She's bigger than everyone in this division. Uh, and for Jennifer Maya, she is that uh, fighter that needs to fall back on that jujitsu. She got into that war with Jessica. I didn't expect it. It was a great fight for what it's worth. Uh, but that's not the type of fight you're going to get against Jukagian. She's going to she. If there's someone that uses their reach every time they're in the octagon, it's Jukagian. She is very good at utilizing her reach and range to keep you at bay. So I just think this is a, another tough fight for Jennifer Maya to potentially get this win back. Uh, can she close the distance? And if she does, Chukagian's also very strong in the clinch. Is she going to be strong enough to get Caitlin down to the ground, hold her there, look for submissions, control the pacing and the top control? I, I just don't know, man. This is still a very hard fight for Jennifer Maya, in my opinion. Wow. A lot of breakdown for Chukagian Maya, too. Who would have thought? Bill Algio versus Joe Anderson Brito. This is one, again, going to go under the radar for a lot of people. Brito making his debut, coming off of a, I'm going to say, <laughs> decent performance on the Contender Series, but one that impressed Dana White enough that he gave him a contract despite the kind of baggage in that fight where Brito had multiple fouls, his opponent being unable to continue after the last one. It was in like the middle of round three, so they were forced to go straight to the judges' scorecards and judge the fight immediately. Brito gets the win, gets the contract. But the guy is a stud outside the UFC. That's why he's favored here against a two-and-two Bill Algio. Bill Algio, not been in a dull fight ever. And I looked for similar things here. I looked for just a really fun fight. I don't know who's going to win. I On the betting show... Bill Algio was my dog of the week, so I'm leaning Bill Algio for the experience, and I think that um, you know he's he's he could easily be three and one right now, like just so easily. One of those two losses could have went his way, so I think he's um, I think he's got more to offer than maybe most are expecting right now. And for Brito, it's a a tough debut to have to go up against a guy that's not just that good, you know. It's a He's only two and two, but he's he just the style. He's just very comfortable no matter the circumstances. And, you know, a guy coming off the contender series might not be. Yeah, I feel like going up against a guy like Bill Algio, 
if you're his opponent, you have to be willing to go to deep waters. I mean, you look at his fight with Spike Carlisle. You look at his fight with Ricardo Ramos. Two just absolute dog fight uh, style fights. And Algio is just so tough. He's he's well rounded. You know, he's a great grappler. He's good on the feet. Uh, and for Brito here, this is a tough debut fight. Uh, one that he's going to have to be willing to really uh, dig deep, get dirty. It could be a fun fight, man. That's going to wrap it up here for this weekend preview edition of the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast. What say you? Give us your thoughts of all these fights. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win. Um, any thoughts on all those fight announcements? I mean, that took up the majority of the show. I mean, eight, yeah, no shit. 18, and then we had four on the damn one X. <laughs> 22 fights. <laughs> so a lot of fights. I hope you guys you know, were able to keep up with all those. I hope you guys got your money's worth because we didn't want to keep you here for three hours, but <laughs> we still wanted to give you that quality discussion. Um, but Dominic, until then, I guess uh, we'll be back so next week. Um, Back to normal. Yeah, Monday we'll have the recap. Friday preview for 270. But now I have to throw in there Thursday. Yeah. We're going to have the nosebleeds for UFC 270, the betting breakdown. (laughs) So be on the lookout for that. Again, go subscribe to the YouTube channel to keep up with that content. If you want to continue listening to us, uh, the podcast that is on Spotify, Apple, please do so. That's great. We we love the. That's where, hey, that's where our sponsor's at. So we yes. we yeah. highly value you audio <laughs> listeners. But this is just a show that we wanted to expand on the YouTube channel, add a little more content. So yeah. any support for the channel would be greatly appreciated. Till then, Dominic, send us out. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at DSLEE14. More importantly, you already know what I'm about to say. Go follow, go engage, go interact with us, with the show, on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore. Remember, there's an underscore in the May podcast. And for me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at NTBaker underscore. If you go to my bio, there is a link uh-huh. that will take you to the link tree, yep. which will present you with a list of links to all the platforms of podcasts on all the social media platforms. So that includes... It's not limited to... Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there. And there's a couple links for today's sponsor, Anchor. Shout out. Leaving a voice message. If you are tired of hearing the echo in my room, you can talk shit to me there for 60 seconds. I promise people the soundproofing's on the way. It's on the way. Yeah. Yeah. But um, also, there's a link on there if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. Any and all support would be appreciated as your two Joes go through life. But until then, that's it. We're out. And we'll see y'all on Monday.